Good evening. Welcome to the Film Dogs. I'm Lord Marcus. I'm Mr. B. How you going? Awesome. Tonight we are going to be drafting. And we're going to be drafting our favorite films from favorite the year films. 2007. A wild year in cinema. Some people have described it as one of the better years of the 21st century. I certainly agree that we've had some masterpieces released over the year. I'm not sure how I overall feel about it compared to... 2023 or 2022 even um i think time will play out um how that goes i also think 16 was really good um i know that like since 2016 a lot of the watches i've been doing first time watches yeah. have come from you know the 16 17 18 man there's so many good ones and like i say in 2007 even though the quality of five star films is pretty high uh overall yeah, it's interesting. I'm I'm very curious how this draft's going to go. Uh, do you want to give us the rules? All right, let's go with the rules for the draft. So what we'll be doing is we will be selecting uh, who will go first, and um, we will then alternate our picks. And we can go across genre, but the genres that we have our categories for this draft, we'll be drafting in the category of drama. We'll be drafting in the category of action thriller. We'll be drafting in Comedy Animated International. Box Office Darling, which means that uh, a film to be eligible has to have earned $100 million globally. Yeah, this is for 2007. For 2007. Um, we have an Awards Darling where the criteria for that is that it must have been nominated for a yeah. Golden Globes or an Oscar now, for me, I'm going. Um, I'm going to try to tighten up and use just some film that has won one of those awards. Uh, yeah. Okay. So your your baseline is more for wins. My baseline is for wins, but uh, I'd say overall uh, the nom is what counts because we might get to a year like 2011 where we don't well, really we like get any of the winners. To a year of 2022, and you won't be able to draft Tar. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because you went first? Cause, no, because they got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> <They didn't... laughs> oh, I just drafted a drama. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. Um, and so then we've also got a, the category of wild card, which means we can go across any genre for yeah. one film. And our last category is horror, sci-fi, or fantasy. Mm. Now, uh, for the purposes of what we're doing a draft is we're building a team of films that best represents our identity and it could get ruthless. It can get bloodthirsty because there's some of these films. I know that both of us are going to really, really want, and I'm going to try my best to not purposely be vindictive or go for the jugular. If there's something that I want more, but I think there's a yeah. couple on this list. Oh, 2007. All you have to do is Google top movies of 2007 and it's, and on any website, if you look at probably the first ten, we would we would fight over them for sure. Now, when we have uh, the movie drafts where it's just um, 
us doing a yearly draft. It's yeah. a, it's a two person draft. We do hope to have guests come in for like special drafts, like exhibition drafts, where we might be drafting the the filmography of Martin Scorsese yeah. or or something of that nature or 1990s movies. That will be something completely different. These are ongoing drafts where the films that we draft go on to our list of teams. Of It's a team sort of uh, inspired roster. event. Yeah, a roster of films that will compete against each other for eternity. I'm super stoked about it. We will alternate picks. If there was more than uh, two people, we would do what's considered to be a snake draft. But yep. when it's just the two of us, we're just going to be alternating picks. Yeah. I would say that the best way for us to determine who goes first is for me to write a number. <laughs> and you <laughs> guess whether it is higher I, than I'm going to need any of the listeners to write it and after a few episodes wonder if this has ever been rigged. <laughs> <laughs> He's writing down a number. We'd yeah, but you have to guess what the number is. Well, you, that, you get to get to guess what the number is. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we yeah. could roll a die, but I don't have any dice. And um, You don't have any dice in this house? No, I don't think so. Interesting. Yeah. yeah okay. Forgive me. I'm, I'm not a big board game, dude. You know, for my days in the Marine Corps, like, dice was... Uh, so <laughs> we either gambled... I, I can't wait for this story. We either gambled or we yeah. played massively uh, immature drinking games. <laughs> Did it and, involve dice? They evolved dice, yeah, three yeah, okay. man. The um, drinking game, yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, um, we don't need to really talk about three man, but no. um, yeah, I guess there's a little PTSD when there's <laughs> dice, so I, I keep them away from it because yeah, either yeah. it reminds me of hangovers or losing money. All right, so let's get with it. Let's go ahead and decide who is going to be picking first let's in the 2007 draft. All right, Lord Marcus is now writing a number down. And the number is going to be not 50. It's either going to be higher than 50 or it's going to be lower than 50. And I am writing that number down right now. A higher than 50 or lower than 50. All right. I have written the number down. Is the number that I have written higher than 50 or lower than it's, 50? It's higher than 50. And behold, the number is 49. Which means Lord Marcus goes first. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you, I, okay, uh, I think you're going to be. I, I think you're going to be pleasantly happy I with my draft strategy. Possibly. Um, the, yeah, there's a lot of top films that are, I would say, are faves of ours, and some that uh, mean a lot to both of us. So I'm very interested on where you're going for your first pick. Now, I think that um, I would guess that the logic would assume that there's two, a clear number one and a clear number two of the mm. best films of this year. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I am not going to go with either one of those on my first pick. Uh, yeah. So I think I know which one you're going to take. I, well, I, I'm going to be giving you the opportunity to take which one you want out of those, mm -hmm. number one and number two. Mm. Um, so with the first pick in the 2007 draft, in the category of box office darling. Oh. I'm going with super bad. You bastard! Oh! <laughs> that's literally what I had. Uh, that's literally what I had in uh, box office darling. Okay. So we're going to have to have a little bit of on the fly now. Yeah. Um, a little bit about Superbad. Yeah. I, this is just for me still. Yes. Yep. Uh, we, we've got Emma Stone. Yes. We've got Jonah Hill. We've got Michael Sarah. Yeah. Uh, we've got Bill Hader. We've got Seth Rogen. Um, like, it's just a comedy powerhouse. 
And look, I yeah. just admire Emma Stone so much. This is like one of her, you know, early leading, uh, she's not leading role, but a supporting role. I just really, uh, it's so massively quotable. It is so funny. It is not really like, I don't generally like comedies, but we've got a comedy uh, category here. Yeah. I just really felt, um, you know, who could pass on McLovin. McLovin. Uh, oh my goodness. This film is just, uh, and Jonah Hill. I'm glad that Jonah Hill went the dramatic route. Um, but back when he was doing this kind of comedy, I just think that him and Seth Rogen just did that sort of style of comedy really much better than than anyone else. Um, super happy to get that. And it's part of my overall box office strategy. The box office uh, overall for that year was pretty good. There were some other entries in there, but I yeah. kind of wanted to get in and get the one that sort of spoke to me the most because the other one, uh, yeah, I could have gone a couple other different routes in box office, but I kind of want to use maybe those in Oscar or or drama. All right. Yeah. Boom. Well, okay. First blood's been drawn. Yeah, it definitely has been drawn, but I mean... Uh... Not not as bad as I thought it would be. So I guess I'm going to have to switch up and let's go with uh, Awards Darling. And uh, I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take There Will Be Blood. I knew that was the one that you wanted out of those two. It, it is a powerhouse. It's Daniel Day-Lewis uh, in another dimension. Um we see Paul Dano as well, who uh, had been around and is still around. But this one kind of like solidifies him as, oh, he's not just some weird kid that you see in random movies because he's he, he he can be he can be miscast or he can be weirdly cast sometimes. This one, I think, like this role, I don't know uh, how easy it is to replace him in it, uh, and that's kind of what makes it special and. Uh, from start to finish, uh, even we have Johnny Greenwood doing the soundtrack as well, uh, who is another fave of the film dogs, uh, because we are, uh, of course, Radiohead fans. Yeah. Um, it is just, it's just a phenomenal film. And if you're like me and came late to the game, uh, this is probably the next movie that you should watch. I can't say enough about this film, and I'd just like to say uh, a couple of things. Here's in my draft strategy. I did really want this film. Um, it was in contention with this other film, so I'm asking myself: Do I want Paul Thomas Anderson and the best acting actor performance of all time by Daniel Day Lewis, mm. with an absolute master soundtrack by the master Johnny Greenwood, and the cinematography is incredible. Really great movie, but. When you put it up against, for me, I got to go stronger with my identity. I was pretty sure you were going to go that route. Yep. And I didn't want to um, sort of put that ahead uh, in, in my sense. I wanted to sort of stay true. Like, I really did want it. In a perfect world, I would have gotten both of these. I'm saying to myself, PTA versus the Cohen brothers. Yeah. The Cohen brothers doing an adaptation of... America's finest living novelist, uh, Cormac McCarthy. And that's more my style. Like I'm a huge literary person and I love Cormac McCarthy. And I think Blood Meridian is the best American novel that's ever been written. And I just kind of felt that was more of my vibe. I was guessing you'd probably go with the PTA. Yeah. And so that would allow me to go in and get something a little bit more 
um, that I was concerned about. So I went with super bad first so that I could get that out. Get it out of the way. Guessing that you were going to go PTA and I could still get what I was going to have as my number one pick was No Country for Old Men, which I will take at the... Uh, number two pick, and I will take. Yeah, no, I assume that's where that where we're going next. I'm going to take No Country for Old Men in. I'm going to take it in awards. I'm going to take it in awards. You're going to take it in awards. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's not your drama. No, nope, because I got a couple more in the drama. Yep. Category. Yep. Um. Boom. Okay. All right. Well, we got those out the way. Oh, geez. You kind of screwed. Uh, we liked the problem is, is you took box office. Be- <laughs> You're smart. You took box office because the movies that you and I like are not the movies that made hundreds of millions of dollars from this year. And they generally don't. <laughs> and, yeah, correct. And they generally don't every year. Um, but I guess that means I don't have to worry about box office because you definitely probably won't be choosing what I would be choosing next. Um, I'm going to go with, yeah, I mean, I could piss you off and take this one, but I don't want to piss you off. So I, I mean, maybe I do want to piss you off. I know you won't take this one from me, so I'll probably leave that. Hey, look, there's going to be, <laughs> there, there will be blood. There's going to be blood. That's okay. It makes for good content. And plus, you know, like I might play a straight face and, and bluff you that well, it doesn't really bother me that much. Or I might escort you out the house. <laughs> I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to go drama. All right, drama. And mm. I'm going to take The Assassination of Jesse James. Woo-wee! Which is a movie that feels like it was almost lost uh, to time. <laughs> There's a lot of people that haven't watched this movie, and I'm not even sure are fully aware of the movie. It, I don't think it even grossed $4 million. Like it was, yeah. Didn't do well, but mm-hmm. man, that was going to be my next pick. That was what I wanted for drama. That was one of the ones I wanted for drama. <laughs> the this, cinematography yeah. is outstanding. And uh, Brad Pitt and Casey Affleck, so I was just saying um, mm. off mic a little earlier, I just watched Ghost Story. And I've always liked Casey Affleck. Yeah. And now, like, I really am sort of reappraising how I feel about him because, like, I really like him a lot. Like, a lot. I like all the movies that I've seen him in. I I can't think of one that he starred in that I really disliked. But, man, the cinematography in The Assassination of Jesse James. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's a straight-up home run draft pick right there. Um, uh, I'm not totally upset about it. I'm glad that it has been picked and it's going to be part of the film dogs uh, competition for sure. Oh man. Good pick. Great pick. Great uh, pick. Happy to have it on the pick. roster. Uh, when did, uh, so may I ask, when did you come to assassination of Jesse James? Yeah. I've watched it uh, probably within the last six months when we were on, I was on a big Brad Pitt um, bandwagon and it would have been, probably around uh, watching Seven and a few other of his films. And, um, yeah, I've, I've, I even got Mrs. B to watch it uh, in the background. Well, what did she think? Uh, she didn't watch all of it. She was, she was working. That's what the one thing you have to know with Mrs. B putting movies on is, uh, if, if she's going to be working, I put on something for me because she's not going to pay, pay attention as much. Um, 
it I, I think it's a I think it's a beautiful drama. I think there I I did I really like the casting in it. Even like having Nick Cave show up in the end getting punched. <laughs> the soundtrack is great. That's oh, another that's reason so we like it. That's a, yeah. um, I mean, we're saying Nick Cave because he he did the soundtrack with Warren Ellis. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful Super. film. Some people don't like how long it was. I'm not. I, I don't really care. I love long films. Yeah, I do. I, I I really I don't complain about them. I know a lot of people do, but for me, man, I like a really good long film. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm. I am interested in. What were you doing in 2007? 2007. Did Did you see movies in the theater? Were you a, a, yeah, a moviegoer in 2007? I was definitely a moviegoer in 2007. Uh, that's a great question because I wonder which ones I would have seen in cinema. And uh, that was uh, a year I had graduated high school. Oh, right. 2007 is <laughs> your graduation Yeah, year. 2007. Yeah, right awesome. So I was, I was quite busy that year yeah. and uh, moving away and yeah, getting getting one of my first big jobs, leaving my town for the summer. And then uh, it wasn't a year that I thought of movies that much. It was still a year I was focusing on friendship and the next season. <laughs> Did um, Do you think that There Will Be Blood was playing in your local theater? We had two theaters in my town, and it's not a big town. It's only a town of like 24,000 in Michigan. That's where I was raised. And that's a great question. I don't know if it would have been showing in my town, mainly because you'd need to put butts in seats. And I'm not sure if that was going to put butts in seats in a small town. I think it kind of Even put PTA a cinemas. little bit more on the map. I don't really think at that point that he was, you know, certainly he had. Um, a devoted fan base, but I think it was sort of in the minority. And I think afterwards, um, particularly with There Will Be Blood, like it's grown to be like this just monster powerhouse. Like it's at the top of many 21st century greatest film lists. Mm. You've gotten, um, you've got two really good picks there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 2007, I was living in Hawaii and I did a cross country trip uh, after leaving Hawaii to drive back to my hometown in Maryland. And I also did not see very many films that year. I did uh, a couple of the ones that I'm going to be drafting. I did see either on the cross country trip or right when, uh, when I got back to Maryland. Mm. All right. Um, memory lane trip. Check. All right. Memory lane check. The next film that I'm going to take is one that I need to have, and it's going to be in the action thriller category. Yeah. I'm going with the criminally underrated, but for me, I think I would say top three of Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Going with Death Proof. I thought you'd be drafting this film. Uh, I like, uh, yeah, I, I kind of let you have this one. It's not, um, uh, it's not one I have a lot of memories with, so I need I need to actually put it back on my on my rewatch list. At the time when it came out, you know, so uh, he rose to prominence with Reservoir Dogs and then shot into the stellar sphere with Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and a lot of people are really high on Jackie Brown. Like it's not one of my. It's probably my. I gotta say, I think it's my least favorite Quentin Tarantino. We movie. we agree on that. Yeah, yeah. and he had the Kill Bills. And so he's got this really massive reputation for him. And when Death Proof came out, it was part of a double feature called the Grindhouse double feature that he did with Robert Rodriguez. And the other double feature, um, the other feature in that double feature was uh, Planet Terror. Mm. And it had all of these fake trailers in it. 
and it was all like the very uh, Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, uh, very gory and uh, just a, a, like absurd gory. And it was just it was beautiful. It was a wild, wacky experience to go to the theater and see this double feature yeah. that was very much in the sense and spirit of like 1970s exploitation films, like the way that it was shot with the celluloid sort of burning on screen. Like it was really great. And at the time, it was really poorly received because there was a lot of people saying, oh, Quentin's lost it. This is not a, yeah. a very good film. Now, I liked it when it came out. It's aged really well. And particularly, like, as the appreciation of Quentin Tarantino's dialogue, which ages well every single year, like, the further you go back, the more higher esteem I think that his dialogue and his scripts are. This is classic Tarantino dialogue, and it's got a lot of dialogue. It's got a lot of stunts. It's uh, it's female empowerment. It is it's aged really well, and Kurt Russell is just an absolute oh, man. Like he just plays a stunt driver. He's the antagonist. He is great, and he's great. Tarantino maximizes Kurt Russell like nobody's business. Um, Can I uh, ask? Yeah. Where does this sit on the Kurt Russell uh, filmography for you? If we did a Kurt Russell Hall of Fame, um, Death Proof. Just because I know you really like this film. Yeah, um, I would say that'll be interesting um, to have if we do some sort of top tens of um, a particular actor. Yeah. Kurt Russell will be a good one because he definitely has more than 10 good films. And so we got to whittle them down for Death Proof. I might not put it as high as The Hateful Eight, but just thinking about it off the top of my head right now, top hmm. top five. Yeah, cool. Yeah, really loved it. Yep. So um, my pick for the 2007 draft and action thriller, Death Proof by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. A little bit about the film. It, uh, it is about a stunt driver that um, targets young women. Um, he's sort of a serial killer, and uh, the first half of the movie is sort of him being the prey and the second half of the movie is this long extended car chase that is just one of the best car chases ever recorded on film. It is great. Anybody that's into cars and car chases, if you haven't seen it already, this is one that should be on your must list and pretty tame for Tarantino. Like it's not, uh, uh, his movies are R rated, but this one's sort of, it's more for the, for the violence than for bad dialogue. You know, it's mm. not exploitation at all. I don't think. Boom. I reckon I'm going to go wild card next. Woo-wee. And it's mainly because um, it might be your wild card. <laughs> oh, all right. Or uh, it might not be. Uh, I'm not sure where you would be fitting it in. Uh, but I'm going to take once. <laughs> there, there will be blood. Uh-oh. Okay. Can Well, do you want a freebie then? Nope. I okay. want you to have once. Yeah. You dirty um, bastard. There's two more that if you don't draft, by the end of the draft, I'm going to remind you of them and go, why didn't you take these? Because I assumed you would have taken them. Uh, so I took once over these other two. No, I've, I, I did, I've only had three picks. Yeah, true. Mm. <laughs> you know? uh, this is a pretty good draft year. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, Strong year. Once is one of the films I saw in the theater in 2007. You caught it in theaters? Yeah. Did you have any background with it? Like, did you see the trailer or did you, was there any draw or were you just going to the theaters? Yeah. And, you know, it was a time in my life that I just really sort of connected with the main character. Um, I was sort of in the wilderness of a really bad 
ending of a relationship that took a long time to get out of. And the songs on the film just really resonated with me. And um, yeah, it was just sort of one of them first films in my real adulthood um, that really just moved me to tears. Uh, like every time that, that I watched it, man, the opening scene when he's singing Say It To Me Now. Oh, yeah. And still to this day that gives me bloody goosebumps. Man, man. Yeah, so that's um, I'm fighting the urge <laughs> to boot you off this property. Well, and even a bit about this film as well, because you and I, uh, you, we already mentioned John and Greenwood uh, because we're Radiohead fans, but we say that because we are music fans, deep, deep, deep music fans, and into music creation. And this is starring Glenn Hansard and Marketa Iraglova, who um, in real life uh, made up a traveling duo together. And they made this film, and they ended up winning an Academy Award. <laughs> they did. I was going to actually draft this in. Um, I was thinking about doing it in awards, darling. And I was like, oh, I'll do it in drama. I didn't think that uh, – I didn't know you were that high on it that you were going to draft it. Or Although just, yeah. I, I, I've got no regrets. I've gone the way that I wanted to based on what my draft strategy was. A little bit of a surprise pick there, but it's all good. I knew I wasn't going to get every film that I wanted. Hmm. But that's probably the one that stings the most right now. Yeah, well, it tells the story of a of a busker who uh, is a bit hesitant to leave his town and and start over, and he meets a girl while he's busking that I guess you'd kind of say almost inspires him, and they hit it hit off a friendship and ends up becoming a musical friendship, and um, it's it just it's just kind of about that. I, I, I don't really want to talk much more about it. I just think if people haven't seen it. Uh, you need to really give it a chance for anybody that's into music, anybody that likes uh, drama, anybody that likes, uh, I, I'm not sure if I'd call this a feel-good film, like you're putting on like, oh, a feel-good film, because it's not a comedy, it, it, it is more of a- It's got comedic moments, but it's definitely yeah, yeah. not a comedy. It's very it is, serious. It, but it's a beautiful film. It's a, it's a, I, I, The genre that I like, uh, that I use a lot is I call it a life film. As I go, it's believable what you're watching. Everything's believable. This is a story that happened. And I guess uh, it does kind of tell their story f for real because they were together in real life as a traveling duo in a band. And, it has the whispers um, of a yeah. romance, but it's really more about longing. And, you know, like even from the audience perspective, and I won't give anything away um, about how the film rolls out, but it is like it, I would say the central theme is uh, redemption and longing and, and you know, how do you process the your, your desires and mm. getting over heartbreak. Yeah, loved it. Good, good pick, man. Um, I'm a little upset about it, but uh, I'm again, it's one of those films like Assassination of Jesse James. Like, I'm glad that we're we have the opportunity to talk about it, yeah. And the ultimate purpose is to get people to you know watch better movies. And this is definitely one that I would say I would put it on any must watch list. All right, well, this is putting me into a real <laughs> bind. Well, I feel like I feel like I'm quite safe. Right now, I'm looking at my list and I'm going, I don't think you're going to take any of these. There, There's one or two that I'm undecided on, on if I will take them or where I'll take them. But I don't think you will. All right. I'm going to go and drama myself right now. Okay. This is a film that as soon as I saw the previews for it. So um, 2007... I was just sort of a mess. I was always sort of this massive Jack Kerouac fan and a Hunter Thompson fan and Life on the Road and 
you know, travel stories and adventures and not settling for just, uh, you know, what parents expect of you. And it was like, oh, get married, have kids, have a house, paint the fence, have yeah. kids, have dogs, die and be forgotten in a couple of years. I was like, nah, this just never been to me. And this, when I saw the previews for this film, I was like, oh, you know, I, I need to, I need to go see that. Into the Wild. That was uh, one of the films next to Once for me on Wild Card. And uh, so I wondered if you were going to take it and where you were taking it. <laughs> I, I had considered it taking it first. Um, I, I seem to kind of recall, I think that maybe uh, at one of our like sort of men's nights um, at church that you might have referenced... Uh, some of the dialogue in the movie. And I was like, oh, and it was before I knew you. I, did I say Alexander Supertramp? <laughs> no, I think you said something about society. Oh, uh, yeah. Society! <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this guy loves oh, Into yeah. the Wild. But I think we might have had a conversation about it like mm. later down the road. And I don't think that you had seemed that enthusiastic about it the way that I was because I love it. It really spoke to me. And even though, so it's a story of a guy who's in college and he's really dissatisfied with- True the, story. The, a very true story. Uh, I, a tragic ending. I don't want to give away too much of it. Again, if you've not seen it, like the cinematography is amazing. Eddie Vedder does the soundtrack, which is oh, amazing. Geez. There's a Vince theme. Vaughn. <laughs> you know, Vince Vaughn's in it, being charming. Vince Vaughn, Jenna Malone's in it, Kristen Stewart's in it. Yep. Hal Holbrook was nominated. Stewart. Yeah, super young Kristen Stewart. Um, and uh, like they do this, uh, you know, like sort of open mic out in the desert of this Bonnie Wright song. It's wonderful. How Holbrook was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor in this film. Um, again, we're talking about movies that don't have happy endings, and this doesn't have a happy ending, mm. but is brilliantly inspirational. The book is even better. Um, it goes into a lot of these yeah. sort of wilderness survival stories. Um, but essentially, the the character Alexander Supertramp goes out into the um, the Alaskan the Alaskan wild um, in an attempt to test himself against the limits of what human endurance can be so that he can come back and write about it. Um, Jack London was one of his heroes in The Call of the Wild, and he used a lot of these inspirations to sort of um, base what he wanted to be an adventurous life prior to um, selling down and, and writing books or whatever he had planned up until that point. Um, yeah, super wonderful film. It, uh, it was pretty controversial when it came out um, because I think that the idea was that um, people, as the movie was projected, that he was sort of a hero. He really wasn't a hero. Yeah. I, I think that parents were afraid that their children were going to try to attempt to do the same thing. Yeah, to and, copy. Yeah. And, and like there, there was some pretty, you know, there were some tragic mistakes that could have been avoided in, in the true story. And I think that's what parents sort of latched onto. It's like, well, why are they making a movie about this and portraying <laughs> him? But for for the people that are uh, free spirits and wild and um, were, you know, the, the original beats or the hippies that didn't want to settle for status quo um, in the hometown. Uh, and you, you could see like why this would be a film dog film because we're two expats. We didn't stay in our hometown. Like we moved across the world. Um, this movie speaks very, very highly to me. And um, I am glad he didn't take that one away from me like he did once. You bastard. Yeah. All right. So, um, and with, directed by Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Yeah. 
master. The cinematography was really great in it. Like, yes, they, it they, is they, a beautiful film. It's a travel film looking at some of the best, um, you know, vistas that America has to offer. Like, it's really beautiful to watch, but the story itself is really good. Mm. The soundtrack's really good. The direction's really good. Like, uh, high marks across the board for it. Really, yeah. Um, I'm surprised yeah. it actually didn't get as much awards love, but I think that largely just had to do with, um, you know, the subject material. Mm. At the time. Good pick. Thank you, sir. All right. This is going to take me to... Um, let's go with uh, Action Thriller. Let's do it. I have, I have two listed here. And I'll just go with what I know better. Um, I'm going to take Zodiac. So that's David Fincher uh, about the true story of the Zodiac Killer. And um, it's a heavy film. <laughs> like for, for me, it is a heavy film. True, true story, obviously, about the, the unsolved case. <laughs> Stacked cast. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Our front runner for Best Supporting Actor for 2023 films. Yeah. So far. It is, it is the, a lot of the people that we listen to and, and respect like over at like the big picture, et cetera, uh, always are talking about this film. They're usually big David Fincher fans and we're Fincher fans as well. I don't think we have as close a connection to Zodiac as they do and as other people, but, um, yeah, yeah the, I think fantasy is listed as, he thinks it's one of the best films of the 21st century. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it partially has to do with the writing and how they tell the story. Even like he, he, Fincher does really good shots. Like there's just a lot of very good uh, camera work in, in this. Uh, in, you wouldn't even necessarily say cinematography. Yes, the cin cinematography is good, but there's just some iconic stuff in it that you kind of that just make up David Fincher films. Um, and it, this is a recent rewatch for me. I've I've definitely seen it a a, a few times. Even um, it's one of those that would come on TV as well, and I'd seen it on TV. And um, it's I'm not always in the mood for it, but uh, for a thriller, um, hard to get better than that in 2007. All right, Zodiac, boom, boom, and your um. What does Donnie say in the Big Lebowski? Um, rolling, rolling bricks, rolling something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> bad, bad call there. But I don't, yeah, actually, they, I don't remember that quote. You've got PTA. You've got Fincher. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, that puts me back into the driver's seat, and I think that. Oh man. Um. I think. I'm going to have to go into the comedy route now. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of where uh, I've got two left from from my, what I can see here. I'm going to go, this shouldn't be too much of a surprise to you. It might be, because I don't know where you're going. I'm going to go with the Darjeeling Limited by Wes Anderson. Under comedy? Under comedy. Is it listed as a comedy? On It is. It is. Fair enough. I think most of Wes Anderson's films would be considered a comedy. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, they are. They always have that tinge of almost irony. This was um this would have been the very first Wes Anderson film that I saw. 
I and I'm surprised you hadn't drafted this earlier. So when we opened the draft, I thought you were taking this uh, early, and then it kept going on, and you kept not taking it. And I am a fan of this film, but it sits a lot lower in my top list of Wes Anderson films. And and but that being said, that's um, uh, Wes Anderson's probably one of my favorite directors. So saying it's lower on my list still means it's better than most of the other movies that I watch and like. It just it didn't connect with me as much. Where I know that you love this film, so I, I was I've had it written down here to fit in a few places depending on where you were taking things or if you uh, pissed me off really bad <laughs> uh, but i i left it and you did you, you took it okay you took it now a couple things about darjeeling limited it is a story that um when when the dvd came out uh, it's listed on letterbox as a separate film the hotel chevalier yeah but it's actually the prologue to Darjeeling Limited, which is about three brothers who have met in India and are traveling, uh, sort of reconnecting with each other after the death of their father. Mm-hmm. And it stars Owen Wilson and Adrian Brody. Who's the third guy? Oh my God. I, <laughs> He's much putting him on the spot. Okay. And okay. Owen Wilson, uh, so Adrian we- Brody. Uh, oh, oh, no, no, no. Uh, and, and Jason Schwartzman. Uh, Jason Schwartzman, yeah. I was like, and, I, I could uh, see the three faces. Yeah, he was, uh, Jason Schwartzman was so good. And here's the thing. So this movie, The Darjeeling Limited, when I moved to Australia, I first was working in the travel industry. Yeah. And I was just mass like I had this travel wanderlust that I just could not like shake. And I wanted um, my wife and um, her twin sister to, you know, sort of, we, we all wanted to travel. And I didn't want to pick the, like, I didn't want to be overbearing. I was like, where do you guys want to go? I will support where you want to go. I just want to be able to be involved in planning the itinerary. And uh, my twin, um, my wife's twin sister, Jody was like, I really want to go to India. Mm. And I'm like, I'm t- I, I want to go to India as well. If you want to go to India, I want to go to India. I didn't really have any interest in traveling to India at that, at that point, but I'm really glad that we did. But based on this movie, I was like, okay, I want Darjeeling to be <laughs> part of the itinerary that we go. And it was the only, this movie is the only reason that I added Darjeeling into um, the itinerary of going. So we went mm. there for four days and it was awesome. And I'm so glad that we went. So this film kind of inspired us to go a little bit more off the beaten track than we did. And it's, um, it's the pet name for my wife as well, Darjeeling. And so I, I did, I kind of was thinking about taking it first, but I was like, you know, at the end of the day, I don't like it as much as, much as some of these other films. I was kind of betting that, I, that it wasn't your favorite Wes Anderson film. I thought that if you were going to take it, it would be towards the end of the draft. I kind of felt yeah. safe putting it off for a little yeah. while. That's where I would take it. But it's in the it's in my top three Wes Andersons. And um, yeah, um, I think that it's really good. I think it's especially good for someone that has been to India. Hmm. In particular, the, the reason that I find it so fascinating um, – for, because I've been to India and spent a lot of time there, is that Wes Anderson's style is not dependent on being in a studio. It's yeah. not depend like it's all in his head, and he was able to do this live in India and still get the same exact Wes Anderson. You know, like he has his style that does not require a, a studio or trickery or tricks of the camera. Like when he does something, it is uniquely his, and yep. you only have to watch one scene with no sound to know that it's Wes Anderson making this film. And I just think that that's amazing. There's just not too many people out in the world that are able to do that. It's whimsical. It's funny. 
Um, particularly, I, I would say that for people that have been to India, you you would get it more. You'd be like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. Uh, but particularly to, to be able to know that in an environment that's the in the madness of India that you can you know film film a film in a Wes Anderson <laughs> style and just have all of this space with which to have these nice big wide angle very two dimensional scenes the way that he was able to pull it off was really incredible uh, I would say director wins this for sure although all the acting performance was really good Angelica Houston as a little um, yeah I mean there's a, a lot of role. it's standard Wes Anderson there's a lot of uh, I mean Bill Murray's in it even Nat- Natalie Portman shows up as well <laughs> yeah. as an ex-girlfriend yeah <laughs> great pick great film thank you sir I'm gonna take comedy as well and um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this film but because um, this this is the category it comedy not, it foreign. better not be my wild card no, it won't be. Comedy foreign or animated. Um, it's not foreign. And it's not animated. It's hot fuzz. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was about to have and a collective gasp. Uh, a that second. could have been her worldwide. And hold for applause. <laughs> Edgar Wright. Yeah. Edgar Wright. Um that, I mean, this is the, I, th- I think the first, don't they, didn't they consider it a trilogy where we've got Simon Pegg and his buddy, uh, Nick Frost? Shaun of the Dead. Uh, yeah. Hot Fuzz. And, and, um, uh, was it World's End? Is that what it's called? Oh, Land's yeah. End? World's End. Yeah. yeah. World's End. Yeah. Um, super funny film. If you're into British humor and it's just about a, <laughs> a stupid <laughs> cop <laughs> and a cop who's really good at his job. And it is a lot of fun, and it's it's just all laughs, and it's all British humor, um, and it's a heartfelt pick. Uh, if if you looked at the list of other comedies from that year, uh, you took Super Bad from me, and that's the one that moved me the most and made me laugh the most. There's a bunch of other comedies I could have taken, and we can talk about those at the end if we want. But Hot Fuzz is the is my this one speaks to me, so I yeah, I want it. All right, so that's interesting because now. Mm. You have comedy, and you also have wild card. No, I have box office darling. No, I'm saying you have chosen mm-hmm. a comedy, and you have also chosen a wild card, which is going to allow me to go now mm. to the sci-fi horror. Yes. And I'm going to go with the movie Sunshine. It is a film by Danny Boyle. Starring the great, uh, soon to, I am sure, win the Best Actor uh, Academy Award, Killian Murphy. I did not know that you watched this film. Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Rose Byrne. Yeah. yeah. It essentially, the, the film is, it takes place in, uh, it's not really identified what year it is, but yep. the, the son is about to die. And there's a mission sent. Uh, a craft is going to try to reignite it, and it's a bit of a philosophical slow burn. It's not an action sci-fi. It's yeah. a heady highbrow sci-fi. Anybody knows me knows that that's my brand of sci-fi. It's not my favorite Danny Boyle film, but he does. No, have I don't a, think it could be a very unique um, sense about it. Now we had kind of added the sci-fi. We were trying to trying to get our category straight, and I probably yeah. wouldn't have gone with this um, because there wasn't really any horror films that I loved this year. Same, and there wasn't really any fantasy films that I loved this year. There was one other um, sci-fi that I would have uh, probably taken, and I, uh, we'll wait till afterwards. 
it would have been a, a massive surprise, I think, to you, Mr. B, had I picked uh, the other. If you had taken Sunshine for some reason, yep. um, I would have been left with one that I probably would have regretted um, in the morning. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Sunshine. It is, it's absolutely a beautiful, breathtaking, stunning, gorgeous film. I really recommend it. I think it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's currently playing on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I was actually going to throw it on the other day, uh, but the it didn't strike my mood. Yeah, and look, it, when you're in the mood for an action sci-fi, you could be pretty let down with this. You have to be in the mood for like a an art house indie experience, and yep. it just happens to take place in outer space. But if you like um, slow burn, independent dramas that explore you know human feelings and human imagination, it is really, really, really good. It is a bit of a mood film, so you have to definitely be in the mood for it. It's not traditional sci-fi. And back in 2007, people didn't really make sci-fi like that, like the way they did in the 70s with, you know, like Solaris or Stalker. Mm-hmm. You know, like after Star Wars, everybody was making big budget action sci-fi thrillers. And this was kind of a return back to that uh, 2001 Kubrick style where it's just long, slow scenes with nothing happening, the, the gorgeous animation of the, of the sun and, and outer space and, and the spacecraft immaculate it, it's um, you know, hands down best sci-fi of 2007 daggone daggone yo alright that's my pick is uh, sunshine in sci-fi this leaves me with my last film now you got box office and sci-fi horror um, no I didn't what do I yeah oh yeah you're right I am going to go with um, same category. Uh, with sci-fi horror? Yep. Yeah. Can you... Uh, no, you don't need to guess because I guess we're not done with the draft. Um, I've got... I have I have two options here. One... Um, I think I'm going to take this one instead. I'm going to take Disturbia. Oh. Did you watch that? I did. I saw it in theater. Um... I'm not generally uh I'm not generally the the horror guy but this is um this for 2007 and for semi horror um this is one that eases you into the genre it's so much fun FKA it's, Twigs is never going to listen to our pod ever <laughs> we love you Twigs <laughs> I I a uh, massive crush on you Twigs mm. But this was a this was a fun movie. I I I remember this one in high school and and everybody loving this film uh, around me and going, oh, we need to watch Disturbia and me going, oh, I don't really like horror and they're going, Larry, you gotta watch it and just it didn't matter what movie night you were at if if there were multiple movies played and one of them was horror that was one that was kind of playing or if it was on TV you'd just kind of watch it. Now, I still want to um, do massive marketing for our eventual episode on what is a horror. Because here's the thing. like Even though it is a horror, I think the thing that turns off people about the, the word horror is this you know, connection with something that's not necessarily um, true for every single thing that's in the genre. You know, like Certainly, there's horror films that I do not like and I do not care for, but there's ones that I really like a lot. And I, like I... I'll save this for the thing, but I mean, there's elements of horror in so many films that we love. Like they have the elements. I'll just say, like Lord of the Rings, a yeah. lot, like a lot of fantasy. There is a lot of elements of horror, and I, like I think for Disturbia, 
it's it's like home invasion type of horror. Like it's real life horror. And I guess that's kind of scary, but it's not like it's not supernatural. Yeah. And it's not, um, you know, it's not, you know, something that I think is super off putting. And mm. I, I think the word horror generally to a large swath of the population indicates that it's not going to be their liking. And I, I just kind of I want that to change because I think a lot of people don't take in like really good films that are actually like pretty acceptable and very entertaining and good wins. Um, but the genre is horror for whatever reason and they just yeah. sort of leave it off. And I think this is one of those films where even though it is a horror film, it's not the kind where um, I think that it is sort of makes you feel like you're in a moral gray yeah. area at all. It, it, it drives a bit more on the thriller mystery drama that that side of things is it's it's less horror and it's not supernatural it's just about uh Shia LaBeouf's character being a 17 year old boy who gets in trouble at school and is kind of under house arrest um not kind of he is uh, is under house arrest and uh is bored because it's the summer and uh takes to spying on his neighbors and you know seeing what's around the neighborhood and uh they just uh see things happening next door that they're unsure what's going on. I'm very curious. Could I ask, mm. what was your other pick going to be? You definitely can uh, because, uh, uh, ooh. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, just a second. I got I'm a wild card. card. It's, it's, it's yeah. not going to be that. Yeah. Uh, the other one was I Am I am Legend. That, that I w If you had taken um, Sunshine, I was going to go with I Am Legend. And I thought you were going to take this that film, I Am Legend. And um, see, the reason I, I did, I sort of hinted, I was like, I, that's going to be the one that I might regret in the morning because it stars Will Smith. But this is, and I just um, notoriously, I, uh, nothing against Mr. Smith. I just generally don't like the roles that he picks. Yeah. Uh, but I Am Legend is the exception to the rule. I really liked that a lot. Um, not as much as Sunshine, but uh, it was heartbreaking. Mm. Um, I, I'll just give a little sort of insight to to this is the, the scene where he's in Blockbuster and there's the cardboard cutout and he is looking at that saying, please talk to me. I don't think that any scene in the history of cinema has projected loneliness so well as that. And I think it's his finest moment in cinema. And for that, for like this big box office draw, major movie star to project like cuz normally he's Mr. Charismatic and yep. you know, like he, he he doesn't feel pain and he doesn't cry and he doesn't feel yes. loneliness for him to be able to project that the way that it is now one of the other problems i have with it though is that he's got the dog with him the whole time the dog yeah. uh, spoiler alert the <laughs> dog spoiler. doesn't make it yeah it's this came out in 2007 if you've not seen that movie and you don't know the dog dies then you're yeah. listening to the wrong podcast <laughs> yeah no doubt uh, go watch John Wick uh, 1 for the first time while you're yeah. at it <laughs> The dog doesn't die in John Wick. <laughs> hey, but you know that um, uh, interesting. They are uh, there is a sequel to I Am Legend in the works. I did hear that, and I, I think they're going to try to do some sort of retcon to make sure that Will Smith can get back into it. There was an alternate ending on the DVD, mm -hmm. and I think they're going to try to go that that route, route. okay, um, to allow him to come back in and star in the film. Obviously, that's just to get people in the seats to watch it. I think they would be doing better by having like some flashbacks or just let the power of the story just like it takes place in the same universe. Like these days, everything takes place in, in a universe. Like why not just let that happen? Why don't 
you know, sort of destroy that narrative. Mm. But um, with that said, I really did. I, I would have drafted this had you uh, taken Sunshine um, at some point, which I wasn't really sure. Yeah. Because it was like, for me, Sunshine was the best uh, sci-fi that was out there. It was just sort of a, a, like a clear choice for me. But I, we had never talked about it. So I don't know how you felt about it. I love Danny Boyle. I love train spotting. I love The Beach. Oh, yeah. I love Slumdog Millionaire. I think he's a terrific, uh, very terrific filmmaker. He did Steve Jobs, yeah, too. Was he the director for Steve Jobs with Fastbender? Let, uh, I'll need to do some, let me do some. Yeah, looking. yeah, yeah. Because um, that was a recent watch as well, and that is a phenomenal film. But I um, I was not aware of actually who directed it. I don't, I'm pretty I sure it's Danny Boyle. Off the top. I think you're right. He's fantastic. Yeah, it is Danny Boyle. Yeah. yeah. Great film. He's a talented. He's a super talented director. He doesn't have that sort of style that Wes Anderson has. No, you can't uh, where, really pick it. But if it's he him. he makes consistently great films. Um, I would love to have an episode talking about the films of Danny Boyle. I like. I really. I love Train Spotting. That's one of my favorite films. I love Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Speaking of India, I like. I would. Uh, I could put that film on at any time. Love it. Um, the Beach, super great. Yeah. Um, super big fan. And Alex Garland wrote The Beach. And so you have the, yeah. you know, the, this marriage of Alex Garland and Danny Boyle. Dan, sign me up any day of the week. All right. Leaves me for my last pick of the 2007 yep. draft. Wild card. Wild. Now, I'm surprised to date that you've not, um, in this draft, picked anything with Mr. Ryan Gosling in it. Because we've got two films featuring Ryan Gosling in 2007. Yeah. I'm gonna go with the quirkier of the two. Really, Lars and the Real Girl. Okay, as my last pick in the 2007 draft. Talk to us about this film. I'm not gonna talk too much about it because the premise of it should be enough. Um, Lars, <laughs> <laughs> Lars is played by Ryan Gosling, and he is a social misfit and doesn't really get along with anyone, and. Um, he may be considered a little dim, but certainly no one expects anything to uh, great things from him. So he shows up one day um, and announces that he has girlfriends. And everybody's like, oh, my God, Lars has a girlfriend. <laughs> and it turns out to be a rubber doll yep. that he carries on a relationship with. Now, let me tell you, it might sound so absurd. This movie blew me away. It is so good. It like it really, uh, man. I, I I don't even want to dive deep into it. I just want everybody to trust me. Put this on your watch list and go watch it. If you're a Ryan Gosling fan, I promise you that this will be an A movie for you. He is like this guy has got it all. He can do serious. He can do drama. He can do quirky. Man, uh, he's got it all, and he puts it on display. Like this year, he also did the dramatic role in Fracture. Mm-hmm. Um. Which was really, really good, but for me, like the Lars and the Real Girl, which is a little more quirky, and it just speaks to his ability to do really great role choices that are perfect for him. Independent comedy drama, man, it, it was really good. It was really original. You just don't know really what to expect, um, but it is heartwarming. It is, it is, it's really good. Uh, I would recommend it for anyone. Like there's nothing in it that would be, uh, I I don't think it would be offensive to anyone. It's like, you just have to allow yourself the opportunity to consider what would it be like if, if you knew this guy or if he was your son or if he was your father, or if you knew the guy, Mm -hmm. if he was your best friend, 
how would you feel? <laughs> how would you feel if I showed up with a rubber dog and like, I'm carrying on a relationship? <laughs> You're like, oh, this is like, what's going on? This is crazy. Uh, it was really, really good. I loved it. And I, um, we had never really talked about it. I wasn't sure if it was going to go on to your pretty slim pickings for the year outside of, you know, like our top five. Yeah. Um, so as we were getting into, you know, the seventh film, I was like, eh, the quality of this might be up his alley, particularly with Ryan Gosling. And I know that we both love Ryan a lot. So, yeah. Um, final pick for Lord Marcus in the wild card category, Lars and the Real Girl. Which leads me to my final pick, which is Box Office Darling. Do you want to take any guesses or do you want me to just blurt it out? Man, I hope it's not Transformers. No, it's not. Thank God. Although, if it was the first one, it's was it the first one that came out? I don't know if it was or not, really. Um, I've never seen any of them. No, this is this is one that I have to say is another um, Mr. B pick. Toy Story 5? <laughs> no, it's uh, um, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Oh, yeah, but uh, which I, is, did, I did kind of, uh, I was like, you know what? I'd be surprised if Mr. B didn't pick Harry Potter at some point. But as things were going... I kind of forgot. And I was well, like, yeah. I, I, it wasn't necessarily going to ha- make the full cut. It could make it an honorable mentions or a wild card, different things like that. Uh, but I, I needed a box office film. And to be honest, all the films that I had drafted so far don't really fit the hundred million gross, uh, where this was the number fifth, um, uh, most grossing film of the year. Um, uh, it's the follow-up of the Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, which was uh, that was a really good Harry Potter film that was always a popular, always on TV. This one's probably not as good. I probably like the Goblet of Fire more, but if I need to fill out my draft for something that made a lot of money that a lot of people watched and a lot of people like, um, yeah, I, and I and I like the. If I'm rewatching, I tend to like the further down the line Harry Potter films. When I lived in Hawaii. I worked on a cruise ship and often people would bring their books on the cruise ship and they mm. would just leave it behind after they read it, you know, like either because of weight on the luggage or whatever. But people tended, that was the summer, like everybody was reading Harry Potter. And so I pretty much read every single Harry Potter book that summer because like I just found the books on the pool deck for free after the end of the, like after everybody disembarked, there was always... I. I ended up having to buy like one or two, but um, particularly the ones that had come out that year. And I think they were the the last two that came out that year, uh, Deathly Hollows. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, that is an interesting draft. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's go back I'm, through them. Do you want I, to go back I'm, through your list? I am glad that we are both upright and unbloodied. Yeah. Well, I mean, we haven't stopped recording yet. <laughs> Because we're about to read our lists, and there's going to be emotions. Let's do a recap. In drama, I've got Assassination of Jesse James. Lord Marcus has Into the Wild. Horror, sci-fi, fantasy. I have Disturbia. Lord Marcus picked the Danny Boyle film Sunshine. Action thriller, I picked Zodiac. And I picked the Quentin Tarantino masterpiece Death Proof. In Box Office Darling, I took Harry Potter, Order of the Phoenix. And I took, with the very first pick of this draft, Super Bad. Awards Darling, I took There Will Be Blood. 
Paul Thomas Anderson. Thank you. <laughs> and I went uh, with awards, darling. Uh, the winner of the best picture of that year, the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. Great film. Uh, in comedy, foreign, animated, I ended up taking Hot Fuzz. And I went with Wes Anderson's Darjeeling Limited. And for Wild Card, I took uh, indie film, but Oscar winner once. I'm still, I'm a little upset about that still. I might mm. propose a trade. Um, I went in Wild Card with the Ryan Gosling masterpiece, Lars and the Real Girl. Pretty good lists there. Uh, any lists any there. honorable mentions from that year? Because um, I yes. was surprised you didn't pick I'm Not There or have that in Wild Card. Or, it, yeah, yeah. It's in my honorable mention. So I've got honorable mentions. Um, a couple of these got picked. Uh, Hot Rod. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that great for comedy. Yeah. yeah. Um, had had you gotten super bad, I probably would have went hot rod, um, for my comedy. And I probably should have chosen hot rod over hot fuzz. I've just watched hot fuzz more, so I have a I have a deeper connection with it. Yeah. Um, before the devil knows you're dead, Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I do not know that film, and I'm going to add it to my list right now. I think. If it's not already on my watch list, uh, uh, tell, tell us about this film. It's about two brothers who plan um, an elaborate heist of their parents' jewelry store, and things do not go according to plan. I can't believe I I missed that film. It is one of those um, very claustrophobic anxiety uh, films where it's like, oh. You know, like when you're watching it, you like you you do kind of put. It's like, oh, don't let this happen. It's, it's that's gonna happen. It happened. Oh, <laughs> it, it can't get any worse than this. It gets worse. It gets this. worse. Yeah, like it just is a. It's a descending downward spiral staircase. Nice. Of, uh, yeah. Um, fracture, with the other Ryan Gosling film with Anthony yeah, Hopkins. That was a recent watch for me. Have you watched that one at all recently? Um, I've probably in the last couple, uh, definitely in the last couple of years, I've watched it. Yeah, it it was it's it's pretty good. It's a twisty, turny. Yeah, you know, like um, yeah, I, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, good four star film. Um, I actually uh, another honorable mention. I I had, and I wonder if you had seen or if you're just gonna laugh me off the pod. Uh, music and lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. See, and that's why we. I, I love Hugh Grant. That's why we do this pod, because we uh, like a lot of the same things. We love a lot of the same things. And then we hate sometimes films that the other chooses. Uh, I uh, I will be the younger millennial that likes a lot of rom-coms and uh what was that uh what was that icelandic uh euro was a eurovision eurovision oh, oh God. gosh love I that i remember love that when film. they came out your facebook was like we're going to see eurovision for the third time da, da, da. i'm like oh my god i can't be friends with this uh, amazing <laughs> oh but musical lyrics drew barrymore hugh grant the music I is love, the I music is grant. funny in it like it's 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 so I cheesy did watch it, and, and that, yeah yeah i, I can't i can't rip on it too much yeah yeah that's uh that's a movie for the you and the missus that's a date night film but um yeah i've got a music background that i thought it was i thought it was fun yeah 
Um, and my last shout out uh, to La Vie and Rose, um, mm. which uh, Marie and Cotillard won the best actress, largely considered to be one of the best actress performances of all time. Uh, when it came out, I think that Kate Blanchett's got a couple of uh, things to say about that. Yeah. Boom. Well, we definitely couldn't end on music and lyrics, so good good mentioning Lobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us on this uh, fine date that you have entered into the world of the film dogs. Uh, we hope you join us on the next episode. Thanks for listening. And you can find us on anywhere you kind of listen to podcasts, but also feel free to uh, follow along on Letterboxd. Or even on Instagram, you can find us at um, the Film Dogs on Instagram. You can find us as uh, Film Dogs on Facebook as well. And if you have any comments about the draft, who you thought did better, or maybe some films that we overlooked, um, please send us a message, leave a comment. Uh, we might try to put up a poll or something to see um, where the population of this fine earth stands on the Film Dogs 2007 draft. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, don't forget, life is too short for bad cinema. May peace be with you. And also with you. <laughs>